Let's give a round of applause to the worship team. Thank you, Brother Sweat and your orchestra. Amen. Great singing this morning. I love what the psalmist said. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. He said, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, anytime you're blessing the Lord by singing to him. He does renew you. He does satisfy you. He does give you what you are needing and what you are lacking. And it's just, it's great to know that. It's great to feel that, especially here in God's house. Well, this morning, it's our privilege to have with us Pastor Marks. He is the pastor of uh, Encounter Baptist, well, I guess it would be the Encounter Baptist Church uh, down in Arequipa, Peru. And he's been there uh, at least 20 years, maybe a little bit more, he, uh, he felt called uh, really in his early 20s and uh, God called him down to Peru and he's given his life uh, to that country and uh, during this time he's actually in just the last maybe six months he's been here stateside and visiting of course different churches kind of talking about the work that he's been doing and is doing down there. Uh, but Peru, be praying for Peru. It's a, it's a country, and I know Pastor Marks will tell you a little bit more about it, but it's a country that right now is very difficult to minister in. Uh, in fact, uh, he was telling me last night as we were talking, he was saying that they just lifted the ban. They had a curfew from 6 o'clock a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, or I should say 6 o'clock p.m. to 6 o'clock a.m., the curfew all night. You can't be out past 6 p.m. if you do. You cannot be in your own car. You have to use a taxi or a bus uh, to get around with a special permit, by the way. You can't leave your house without the special permit. And if you do, you got to get on public transportation. And, uh, and then they just announced that on Sundays, uh, well, they said churches can be open up to 20% right now in Peru. But they said Sundays nobody can get out of their house. So basically, uh, what they're catering to more than anything is the Catholic Church. Catholic Masses are on Saturday evenings, um, and so it's just a very difficult time for any kind of Baptist church to be holding churches and others, Pentecostals and, and, and Methodists, anybody that holds services on Sundays. Uh, they're, they're basically limiting them to not really having services. And uh, so everything right now is uh, basically through Facebook, Internet-based, social platforms, and uh, that's how Pastor Marks has been pastoring his people uh, from for the last really year and a half or so, and uh, and just waiting for God to open up a door for them to get back there if it be His will, uh, and if not, just as the Lord leads them to go forward, they're moving forward and serving Him. And so uh, this morning, it's just it's just wonderful to have you, Pastor Marks, with us. And if you would, won't you come and share with us what God has laid on your heart? If you would, let's go ahead and welcome uh, Pastor Marks this morning. To our service. Thank you so much. It is good to be here this morning. Um, as Pastor Jeremy was saying, it has been a difficult time in Peru, uh, just with hopes that things would finally change and that we could get back to ministering, uh, and things have not changed very much. Uh, in the month of December, they started to open up and the people were excited. 
And they said, Pastor, are you coming back? And I said, uh, let's just give it a couple weeks and see what happens. And then it closed back down again. So it is a very difficult time right now. Uh, but we praise the Lord that through the Internet we are able to minister to the people, uh, through Zoom, through Facebook, uh, people sharing the videos, uh, reaching thousands of people, people that we would have never reached before, uh, we are able to reach now. Uh, and, and the only time that it gets a little disappointing was when people write to us from other cities that are far away and they say, uh, Pastor, where is the church? And I tell them that it's about 15 hours away, 20 hours away from where they live, and they're a little disappointed. They said, where is your church where I can go? Um, and unfortunately, we can't be in all places at all times. Uh, but please pray for us. We, we have a desire to go back to Peru if the Lord would allow us to go back to Peru. Uh, and if not, that he would show us uh, where we need to minister. There are so many um, churches today without pastors in the United States. There are um, so many churches without ministry in Spanish, um, and those are what the Lord has put on my heart, lost souls and Spanish-speaking people. So if you would, pray for us that the Lord would show us uh, where we need to be. Um, unfortunately, today we, we came back to Texas uh, not as a planned trip, but um, my father-in-law, who was longtime missionary to Mexico, uh, has passed away, and so uh, we've come down for his funeral services uh, and praise the Lord, this Tuesday I'll be able to preach uh, the funeral service of uh, a great servant of God. Uh, so if you would pray for our family as well, uh, just to add to the uh, mental stress, uh, we, we have to suffer a loss. We're excited for him, we're just kind of sad for ourselves. Uh, and so if you would pray for us. This morning, uh, I don't want to spend much more time talking about me. I want to talk about the Lord. Uh, and so if you would, take your Bibles and open them to the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua. Uh, we observe what's happening in our world today, uh, and we just see, uh, if I could say, a world full of craziness, a uh, world for, full of confusion. Uh, we see that uh, one day people are excited, the next day they are sad. Uh, there are good moments. There are moments that we think uh, that finally things will kind of get back to what we call normal. Uh, and then something happens. Uh, our political arena is a mess. Uh, our health arena is a mess. Um, and, and there is division in our nation. Uh, we look at uh, everything that's happening and we can be discouraged. We watch the news and we are discouraged or maybe even angry. Uh, one of the things that I've tried to do is stop watching the news uh, because I'm tired of looking at a box and getting angry. Um, <laughs> I should be angry, but I should be angry without sinning. And sometimes when you watch the news, it's hard to separate those two things, isn't it? Uh, and so... Um, we see what's happening, and one of the things that we realize is because of the circumstances in our world, we could uh, be distracted, we could be upset, but we also could have our faith weakened. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about faith and circumstances. Uh, we should not, as God's children, allow the circumstances of our life or of this world affect our faith, but many times we do. And when we allow those things to affect uh, our faith and our Lord, what happens is we will taste what is known as defeat. But this morning, I don't want to talk about defeat. This morning, I want to talk about the victory that we can have when we don't allow our faith to be affected by the circumstances. Joshua chapter 6, uh, if you'll find that in the scriptures this morning, uh, we begin in verse 1. 
And we'll focus on the story of Jericho. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, the word of God says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. We see this first verse in the book of Joshua chapter 6, and we see that there is a certain circumstance. What is the circumstance? Joshua or Jericho is shut up. It is a fortified city. It has been closed uh, for a reason, and that very reason was to not allow the children of Israel to come into that city. Uh, now, uh, the, the word of God says that uh, it was so closed up that none went out and none came in. Uh, there was the circumstance. It was a circumstance that many of us would call impossible. Uh, and I know that we can relate to this because throughout our lives, we sometimes face impossible circumstances, don't we? Uh, have you ever uh, got the bill in the mail and looked at your bank account and said, how am I going to pay this? Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we think, well, I can, I can only work so many hours. I can only make so much money. How will I face this impossible circumstance? Um, as many of you may know by now, uh, one of the things that I really concentrate is on family counseling. Uh, I do lots of family counseling. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't announce that when I'm in the States because now I get phone calls from people in the States, and they're saying, we want counseling. We need counseling. And I say, but I'm counseling the people in Peru. I don't have time for this, but I have to serve. And, and so one of the things that I see is that many times in, uh, in the marriages uh, that I counsel, it almost seems like there is an impossible situation. There is an impossible circumstance. Uh, many times people will say, uh, there's no coming back from this. I'm finished. I am done. How can we mend our marriage? How can our family be put back together? And, and so as we look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, we see that the children of Israel were facing an impossible circumstance, something that they could not do on their own. Let me tell you this morning that we cannot face the impossible circumstances of this life without some help. You see, the problem is, is that we go into the situations and we truly believe that we can face the circumstances all by ourselves. And how many times have we done that? And how many times have we fallen on our face? Too many times to count. Isn't that true? Uh, you know, we, we will confess our sin before our God and we'll say, oh, God, take this away. But how many times the very next day we fall into that very same sin? Too many times to count. And so here the children of Israel, they have to face the circumstance. A circumstance that may seem impossible for them. But we go into verse 2. The word of God says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And, the seven, and seven priests shall bear before the ark uh, seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend 
up every man straight before him. You see, here we see the promise of God and we see the instructions of God. Now, how many of us enjoy the promises of God? Do we enjoy those promises? Amen. We love when God gives us good promises. And so uh, we see here that um, the, the children of Israel, they're facing the impossible circumstance and they're standing before the walls of Jericho. And we get back to verse 2. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. The impossible circumstance is now going to be taken care of. What they thought could not be done uh, in front of a fortified city, now they believe it may be able to be done because the Lord has promised that he would give it to them. Today we face many needs, many trials. And the Lord said that he would provide all of our needs, did he not? He said that he would give us everything that we need. And, and the scripture t- still tells us that everything that he gives us is good. I like that promise. You know, uh, we claim verses um, like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We like that promise, don't we? But see, what we really don't like is when God says, I'm giving you this promise, but I am going to give you some very specific instructions to follow so that you may obtain that promise. You see, uh, we're going to read here just again uh, in verse 3. We will see that God gives us uh, or gave the children of Israel seven instructions to follow. Uh, Verse 3, we see, and ye shall compass the city. That's the first instruction. Okay, first instruction. All ye men of war, and go around about the city once. So he gives the second instruction. First, you're going to surround the city. Next, you're going to march around that city once. Thus thou shalt do six days. So for six days, this is the instruction. Surround the city and march around it one time. We get to verse four, and the word of God says, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn. So we have the the third instruction, the priest taking up, uh, seven priests taking up seven uh, ram's horns, seven trumpets. And then we get to uh, the next part of this verse. It says, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. What is that? The fourth instruction. The fourth instruction. And the priest shall blow with trumpets. The fifth instruction. They're just not to carry those trumpets, but they are going to blow on those trumpets. Verse 5. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, the sixth sixth instruction to shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend every man straight before him, the seventh instruction to ascend. Now this is interesting because when we look at the numbers and, and the word of God, we understand that the number seven is the number of God. It is the number of perfection. And so when we see that God is giving a promise, he's not only giving a promise, but he is also giving a perfect set of instructions. Now, um, I like to uh, play Legos with my son. How many of you like to play Legos? Don't lie. Yeah, there you go. There we go. And, and one of the things that I like about Legos is that they give you instructions. Uh, they tell you how many pieces, how many pieces of each, and then it tells you step by step how to make whatever that might be. One day, uh, me and my son were putting together a Ferrari, and that was so neat. 
But one thing I realize in putting those Lego sets together is if you miss just one step, you can mess the whole thing up. And then you have to take everything back apart until that step and start back over. You see, uh, God has given the children of Israel in this passage of Scripture perfect instructions. He doesn't make mistakes. He has given perfect instructions for them to follow. And if they will follow those instructions, they will have victory. He has promised victory. You see, um, many times we look at the impossible and we are confused. Many times we look at the impossible for us and we don't think it's possible. Yes, we quote scripture like for God, nothing is impossible. But yet, when we face that circumstance, it does seem impossible. If we'll just follow the instructions, he has promised victory. Now, I was reading about um, uh, the engineers at Gen uh, General Electric. Uh, and a long time ago, the engineers at General Electric, uh, they were trying to come up with a way of how to frost a light bulb from inside the light bulb. Uh, and, and so I, I started to read about this because this is interesting. You say, pa Pastor, you, you read weird things. Yes, I do sometimes. Um, but, but I read about this man, and I, I want to give you his name. Um, his name was Marvin Pimpkin. He was a new engineer at General Electric, and he had just heard that the task uh, was given to frost a light bulb from the inside. Now, it was kind of given as a joke because they thought it was impossible to do. In just a short amount of time, this man, Marvin Pimpkin, he discovered a way to not only frost the light bulb from the inside out, but also to make the light bulb stronger. You see, the great thing about his story was no one told him that it was impossible to do. But unfortunately, when other people tell us that there is a task that is too impossible for us, you know what we start to do? We start to believe it. And here God has told uh, the children of Israel, I have a task for you. You might think that it is impossible, but if you will follow my instructions, you will have victory. And so first we see the circumstance, and second we see the promise and the perfect instructions of God. We get down to verse 12, and I want you to see what happens in verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. Now think about this for a moment. Here the Lord has just told Joshua, here are some instructions. Now are these logical instructions? Are these instructions that you would normally take into a battle? Of course not. You know, uh, if I was Joshua, I, I would probably have been saying, uh, Lord, could you say that again? I want to make sure that this is right. You're saying that I am going to take a city by simply marching the men around the city, blowing some trumpets, and giving a shout. Wait, are, are you talking to me? <laughs> is, this, is this the right place? Are you talking about Jericho? You know, you know the one that is fortified that no one can leave or go into. Are you sure that's the place? You see, many times I say that because many times that's how we are with God's instructions, aren't we? And the pastor will get up behind the pulpit. He will bring God's word. He will tell us what we need to know, how to be successful children of God. And then we go, are you sure? 
isn't there another way that we could go? You know, um, today in many religions, they are teaching that there are many ways to Christ or many ways to the Father. Uh, Christ said that I am the way, the truth, and life. Uh, he said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the only way. And the Lord is telling the children of Israel, look, there is only one way, and this is the way. Surround that city. March around the city once for six days. And on that seventh day, march around seven times. Blow the trumpets and shout, and I will give you Jericho. We look at that and we say, well, that's not logical. That doesn't seem like the best way. And so many times that's what we say when we hear God's word. We say, well, that doesn't seem logical. That doesn't seem like the best way. But look at verse 13. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp, so they did six days. And when it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city uh, after the same manner seven times, only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout! For the Lord hath given you the city. They were at the point of victory. They just had to follow one more instruction. Shout. Well, sometimes we are quick to say that we have faith, but we are slow to put it into action, aren't we? The, the, the Lord gives us instructions, and, and because we do attend a church, because we do hear the word of God, we like to believe that we are men and women of faith. But when the moment comes to put that faith in action, what do we do so many times? Instead of taking that seventh trip around the fortified city, instead of shouting, we start to second guess. About a year or so ago, I preached a sermon that faith does not allow room for doubt. You see, if our faith is true, if our faith is real, then we have no reason to doubt. But what happens is our faith begins to get weak. We observe the circumstances and we start to doubt, can this really happen? Have you ever felt like that? The Lord has just been working in your life and you, you just feel like you're in a dream. You say, can this really be happening? Is this really how it's going to go down? So we see here that uh, Joshua and the priest and the mighty men, they didn't say, God, uh, I know you can give us the city, but this way. No, see, they, they put their faith into action. We get down to verse 20, they've been given the command to shout, and the word of God says, so the people shouted. When the priest blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, 
So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. What has taken place? Because of their faith placed into action, God gave them the victory. You see, what happens in our lives so many times, even right now, in a difficult time that we are living in, we say, well, God, okay, Jericho is mine. I'm going to take Jericho. I am going to go through those fortified walls, but I'm going to bring a wrecking ball. God, I'm going to hire a construction crew. And I'm going to have them knock down those walls. And then, God, I'm going to have an army follow the construction crew behind. And I'm going to take that city. And when we do that, God says, there is your defeat. And then we get upset at God and we say, God, but how is it happening? You told me, you promised me that you would give me the victory. And God says, yes, I promised you the victory but with a very perfect plan of instructions. You see, so many times we want to get to God's blessings, but we want to do it our own way. Um, I remember old Frank Sinatra's song that said, I did it my way, <laughs> right? And that's what we want to do with God. We say, God, okay, you promised these blessings, but I'm going to do it my way. And every time we do it our way, what happens? We fall flat on our face. Oh, God, I, I want to be part of your local body of believers. I want to be part of the local assembly, but I can do that at home. God, I, I want to be a blessing to others, but I, I don't necessarily have to attend church. I don't have to listen online. I can just read my Bible by myself. Uh, God, you know, I, I don't need to be accountable to anybody. I can, I can handle my prayer life on my own. Uh, God, I, I don't need to necessarily turn off the television. I, I know I can filter out what's bad and what's good. And what happens to us? We fall flat on our face. We say, but, but God, you, you said uh, th through your servant Paul, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He says, yes but follow my perfect plan. So many times we feel like we know better than the creator of this universe. But praise God, Joshua and the children of Israel in this instance, they trusted God. Their faith was real. Their faith was called into action and God gave them the victory. Facing impossible circumstances God can give us the victory. I'm going to end with this story. I was reading about uh, the um, automotive genius Henry Ford. Uh, I'm from Detroit. I grew up in Detroit, and so I love cars. Um, and I know in Texas, nobody loves cars. They just love trucks because that's all you drive, right? <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Yes, even the vehicles. <laughs> um, and I was reading about Henry Ford, and he came up with the idea of having a motor, what we know today as a V8. And Henry Ford had given uh, the task to his engineers to build, uh, to design a V8 motor. And so 
the, the, his engineers went out, and for about a month, they drew up every plan they could think of, and they came back to Henry Ford, and they said, uh, Sir, it's just not possible. And Henry Ford, instead of just accepting the defeat and say, accepting the idea that it was impossible, he said, you go back and you take your time, all the time you need, but we need to make this V8 motor. They went back and they tried again, and six months went by, nothing. Another six months went by, and nothing. They finally had to decide, how are we going to tell our boss, this automotive genius, how are we going to tell him that his dream is impossible? They finally approached Henry Ford and they said, sir, it just cannot be done. And at that point, you would think that Henry Ford would say, okay, let's move on to the next project. But he said, keep on. Keep on trying. And it was a short time after that they designed what we know today as the V8 engine. You see, the Lord has given us instructions to keep on even when it seems impossible. Because if we follow his instructions, we will taste victory. For many years, they said that a man could not run a mile in under four minutes. Even dating back to the time of the Greek Olympics, they said no man could run a mile in under four minutes. You see they finally came to the conclusion that the human body was just not designed to go that fast. Finally, after many years, somebody ran the mile in less than four minutes. And would you believe the very next year, more than 100 people ran the mile in under four minutes? God had done the impossible in one man, and when others saw that he could do the impossible with one man, they finally realized he could do the impossible with many. Do we not have God's word full of those examples? Like today in the book of Joshua, he shows us that he can do the impossible. Why can't he do it for us? If you would... Stand for a moment. I'm going to ask the pastor to come. And just for a moment, if you would, bow your heads. We are facing impossible circumstances today. Things that we seem to think cannot be handled, cannot be any better than what they are. Sickness, death, financial struggle, family problems. But I want you to realize that if he could do it for the children of Israel before the fortified city of Jericho, he can do it for you.
pray. Father, what a timely message for us today. Thank you for reminding us that with you all things are possible. Father, I pray that as we reflect and meditate upon what we have heard today, that our faith would be stretched, that we would apply the truths that we have learned this morning, the truth of claiming your promises, the truth of following your plan, obeying by faith what you've called us to do. Father, I, I know that each and every one of us here are facing different circumstances in our life. Some this morning are facing a marriage that's fallen apart. Some are facing children that are making decisions that are heartbreaking. Some are in a job that seems like is going nowhere and may not even last the year. Father, all these circumstances are real. All these circumstances are difficult. What do we do? Father, we've been reminded by your word what to do. As we think about the people of Israel and what you did there with them at Jericho, may we be reminded today and as we think about it, the, the, just the truth and the reality of that, that we can't overcome if we just follow, if we just obey, if we just believe. And Father, I, I ask, even as that man once did to Jesus, help our unbelief. Father, we want to see the impossible done in our nation. We want to see a turning back to you. But, Father, how can our nation ever turn back if we, as a church, don't turn back? How can our nation come to a life of faith if we ourselves are not living a life of faith? And so, Father, I pray that you'd use this message now today. That the decisions that are made in our hearts this morning would be decisions that we live out, not just today, but tomorrow, not just this week, but throughout this year. That we might see you do what only you can do. Just as the people of Israel saw an impossible situation and an impossible city torn down by your power, may we also see through the difficult circumstances of our life, may we see your power do what only you can do. Help us believe, help us follow, help us obey in a way that would honor and glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.